0: House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Welcome back into the House of Mystery, and we are at the interview part of the show. Joining us today, we've got uh, horror author Mark Matthews. Thank you for being here.
1: <laughs> Thank you for having me.
0: Ah, Mark, so where did it all start for you? I don't mean when you were born, but where did it all start for you to actually sit down and write something and want to turn it into a book?
1: (laughs) Well, I think I wanted to write ever since I was in high school, and writers were kind of my heroes and who shaped me, and um, literature really made a big impression on me. Um, You know, I wanted to be Jack Kerouac growing up. That didn't work out too well. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, I, I didn't really, I wrote creative writing in um, in college and, and some in high school. It wasn't until um, about 30 years old that I really said, you know, I'm going to write a novel. And it took me over a year to write. And um, it was pretty terrible at first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had some people edit it and um, learned a lot about the process and mimicked people who I saw doing what, I wanted to do and um and it's become kind of a hobby slash obsession so
0: yeah I, no i understand i think we both do here but just when you but what what was it that gave you the confidence to actually decide to publish that first book when you were 30 like was there something you felt you needed to talk about
1: um hmm i think i i uh think the best way to learn about ourselves is through stories, and i I felt like I have a way of writing that is usually better than I can talk <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just feel like it's it's it impacted me so much and that I had something to say and i I've become a little bit better at it over time um, and uh I think you know literature and art is a reflection of the human experience and so wanted to uh, put what I had out into the pool of art out there.
0: Hmm. So what made you choose the darker side of, of writing? Like, was there something um, that, that influenced you?
1: Yeah, I mean, a whole bunch of things. Um, I grew up loving horror. Um, my uh, I wanted to shout out to my deceased brother, who uh, I think um, got me into it. And um, mostly horror movies, but also horror fiction. Um, and when I look at it, I don't necessarily like being scared. I think I myself was scared, like a scared little boy. And watching horror made me say like, you know, this makes sense to me. <laughs> this is the world I'm living in. And um, and it was a face to kind of what I was experiencing. And um, it was kind of a metaphor through things I was going through myself. And so when I started to write, people really said, you know, wow, that's some dark stuff. And I'm like, that's just what's inside. You know? <laughs> um, and I'm you know, I'm a pretty fun-loving person and pretty cheerful and happy. But um, when I write, that's just kind of what comes out. And I think it comes natural to me. So, um, you know, it's kind of cliche to say, but I don't think I, I write horror. I just write what I like to write. And then because of w- the way it comes out, it's called horror. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, well, like, it was- magical realism, I like to think of it.
0: So, you like to incorporate fantasy with it?
1: Yeah, I, oftentimes a supernatural um, to some degree. But I think with always, um, I, I love the phrase the best way to tell the truth is through a story. So, with the truth magnified um, and heightened, and um, to the adding the supernatural or, or darker elements, um, then it becomes horror
0: well that's interesting so do you, do you have experiences with supernatural or paranormal yourself to draw from or is it just something you 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 just add? um
1: not not a ton of experiences i there's one moment i remember as a as a little kid and i i was sleeping in the basement it was a sleepover and it was so dark down there and i was all sorts of noises i was afraid to move and i thought you know, I'm in hell right now, <laughs> and I can't move, or the monsters will know I'm here. And I just sat there under the blanket for hours, and um, I've been writing about it ever since, I guess. <laughs> um, but no, I don't, um, you know, I have nothing, nothing major supernatural, you know, other than odd coincidences or things like that, so. Um,
0: hmm. Well, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of times when people have that part of their, into their writing, they seem to have some sort of um, experience or they some, some sort of ghosts or something, you know, going on somewhere in their life. Um, That's interesting. So, but how do you, how do you come up with the storyline? So you've got a newer book coming out. Let's, let's, let's focus on that. So what's the newer book? It's the Hobgoblin.
1: The Hobgoblin of little minds. And, um, comes out on the 28th um, you can pre-order it now should you wish um, and it is um, if you've uh, um, read any Ralph Waldo Emerson you'll recognize the quote it's it's from uh, the quote saying foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds and it's a theme throughout the novel a lot of them are come from setting and the setting of that is a nearby abandoned psychiatric facility Northville Psychiatric Hospital it was demolished about a couple of years ago, but it was legendary in our area. It was uh, where teenagers went and um, trespassed. And um, if, if you look, there's all sorts of YouTube videos on about it. And um, so a lot of times it's from a setting. Um, and in this case, though, I think it was more about the premise. The premise is that there is a doctor who, because of her own wounds, feels that um mental health and mental illness needs to be treated differently. And with bipolar patients, she decides that their mania needs to be harnessed instead of medicated and minimized. Um, And that it's it's basically a strength. It's sort of like um, Split, kind of the premise in Split where um, you saw that movie. Um, And basically, the, the medications turn them into something similar to werewolves. The the w werewolf world word is never used but um and they don't grow hair they they grow strength they grow and 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 the characters in it are all you know very sympathetic with the theme of um mistreatment and mental health industry and um and the complications of taking medications um and it's the main character is this this um Young adult who misses her dad. And the last place he was at was at the hospital. While she's trespassing in there, right before it's about to get demolished, and um, finds that he's still there, but not what she remembers. So, um, that's the premise, and uh, it's been getting pretty great reviews so far, and um, I'm hoping that it does well.
0: Does, is is there something um, beyond or underneath this story? that you're trying to get across to readers other than, you know, what you just talked about, the premise of being the hospital and the doctor and, and, and trying to manipulate uh, the moods and stuff like that. So, but is there something that you want them to walk away with?
1: I want them to get an idea of what it's like to a live with a mental illness and B be a family member of one with um, mental illness and some of the complications of medications because it's, 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 I, and I work in the field. So it, it, that's part of why it came to me is um, so many people do not like to take their medications, but there's reasons behind it. Cause it, you feel that it, it loses your, you lose your personality. You feel like, and there's, and there's side effects. And, um, and then there's family members who are relying on you to take your meds so that you can be stable, but then they feel like they're, you know, their whole life, um, is gauging the temperature of your mood so they're trying to figure out if that day is going to be safe or not so it just really gets into the family of of what it's like to um to live with somebody who is suffering and to, to be that person so and i think you know what better way to tell some, such a story as through a, a work of horror.
0: well so so in a way you're sort of saying it's it's horrific having the illness or, or or is it the dealing with the illness that that you think's horrific
1: yeah i mean i think i don't, I don't um horrific i think that the challenges of it maybe is better but that there's a lot of um darkness that you have to live with and um but but in the in the in the in the novel the, the characters you know diagnosed with it they're they're certainly not the the monsters they're the, um you know they love they have children they um one goes back to her childhood home to live where she misses her dad and, and, you know, every full moon she, she goes through a transition. So it's, I try to humanize all of it. Um, And I, and I, to do that, I I did a lot of research and and read a lot of works and, and got some beta readers who had a lot of investment in the, um, you know, in the mental illness and and the field. So. Do you,
0: do you, do you think that mental illness is not being um, treated properly in, in our world today or.
1: Um, well, I think people, and as I say in the afterward, because there's a lot of lot of tough situations that come up in the work that I, I doctors do care, therapists do care. They're doing their best. There's not some insidious plot to to harm them, but there are so many challenges in doing it right and in, and in doing it human that it, it definitely needs um, some revamps and. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure someday fifty hundred years from now what we're doing now will be looked at as so archaic, um, the same way we look back at the way, you know, individuals were treated a hundred years ago.
0: Yeah, there's there's always a growth in something like that, isn't yeah. there? And and how we treat each other. Well there should be anyway, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> it isn't always it doesn't always seem that way. Um but definitely uh there is something well, that's really interesting. So, so where do you draw the characters from? Are they from people you know, uh, friends, family, or are they just from absolute strangers? Or, or are you the kind of guy that is laying in your bed and it just comes to your mind?
1: Um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll realize after I wrote something that the character was somebody in my life and subconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 like I, I realized after I wrote a, a book about, um, called body of christ and it's about a um somebody is next to somebody on life support and and this girl imagines her mom talking to her saying you know save me save me don't pull me off this life support and then and i look back i'm like that wasn't me and my brother <laughs> and and you know i didn't fully realize it at the time and um incidents like that happen or it's situations where i put multiple people together i, I write a lot about addiction and other things that i it witnessed either firsthand or, um, in my, in my work, I, I deal with, um, you know, a lot of tough stories and challenging situations and, and people at the, um, in some real distress. So it, it's naturally what kind of comes out when I write characters.
0: So do do you feel often, um, like when you're, when you're doing these stories, it, it must be pretty draining. It must be pretty, uh, like, you talk about some pretty dark subjects and they seem to be very personal as well. Like they're coming from a part of who you are and some of your own challenges and growth maybe. So is it really, um, it, it, how long does it take you to do one of these books?
1: Um, Man, Hobgoblin, I started the premise like five or six years ago, but I kept putting it aside and coming back to it. Others, you know, six months to a year, but it is pretty draining. And, and I think, um, one of, uh, um, Jack Ketchum who wrote some really wonderful, but dark, but books, um, spoke on writing from the wound and, and, and getting as personal as you can and writing the book that, you know, from your, from something personal, that is the most, um, vivid way to, to explore your writing. So, um, yeah, and I, you know, I I find times in the when I write alone in the dark and get it out of my system, and then and then can move on. So, I, it's, in that sense, it's therapeutic. And um, you know, it'd be great to make a living out of it, but the fact that it's a hobby also means I can write whatever I want, <laughs> so I do not have to make a dime. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. You've got a little bit of freedom in that. You're yeah. Not, you're not worrying about selling a certain amount or making a certain amount of money or you know pleasing some crowd or something
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah but do people and how they respond to what you do does that is that very important to you like or like when you when you put putting together like when the hobgoblin when it comes out um is it really important that it's received well and people like it or you, you get good feedback like do, do you know what i'm saying are you kind of writing uh, for
1: that that side of it um i think i want people to to respond and relate to it um and i think uh to, to paint something and have it not be seen is like you know it's a um it's a tree falling in the forest you know if nobody reads it nobody sees it does it really exist um I, I mean obviously i wanted to i wanted to please myself first but i think to be read is really important and that's one of the, the joys of being an independent publisher is i can um you know i can give away copies. I can, um, I can price it to sell and, um, and spread the word. So yeah, I mean, it is, um, it is important that it's received well and then it's read so that, uh, um, you know, that it's, that it's worth the time. I, I would do it if, you know, if there was one reader, so <laughs> that, that I, um, but I think it is pretty important. So,
0: yeah, it's kind of one of those things because, like, you know, I, I, some things I just write for myself and I don't care. But, um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's good if you do get some feedback for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've been, um, I've been getting some, some pretty good feedback so far, but you know, you always get, um, in fact, um, one of my, my first horror novels on the lips of children, um, I have a mix of some that have been, um, published for various places, but that was the first one where I said, you know, I'm writing a horror novel and, um, and really my second novel, and he got some great feedback, but like for one person, or, you know, a couple people, but one person said, you know, the, the writer is obviously a psychopath, and so are everyone who gave this novel five stars. Oh boy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, in a way, that's, isn't that kind of a... I, you can't buy publicity right there, right? Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Well, like...
0: I, I think if you do <laughs> well... something so so well in a particular area, if you're very specific and you really hit the nerve... Um, mm-hmm. And it and it's it will be just as pleasing to some people as hateful to another. But that's hitting the nerve, and I think that's important. It's the really polarized uh, artist that really does the job. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, the, the opposite of uh, of love isn't hate; it's indifference or something like that, right? I right. mean, if you're going to hate it. That's at least a strong emotion versus. You know, I forgot that book. What was that about?
0: So. Yeah. Well, it an, and it isn't the fact usually when they when someone's that extreme where they're saying this is awful and anybody that likes it is awful and they start getting to that. When they're that extreme, isn't it the, the what you're writing about that's awful to them more than the writer itself?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you put it down and, and couldn't read it because the writing was terrible, that's one thing. But if it's the content that's striking you, so... Um, yeah,
0: if if it's that important to you that it causes that kind of an emotion, and you'll actually go to a computer and start thrashing it out, um, I I would think that's compliment.
1: Yeah, you know, I I I, I guess I was bragging by by saying it. <laughs> yeah, you braggadocious. Um, no, I you know, I just
0: how I take it. Um, I think yeah. it's the middle of the road ones that kind of would bother me more than you know, the one star and the five star are great. And the three stars are kind of like, oh, or the two stars. Yeah. And you're kind of like, well, what was wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I guess that's because you grow as a writer, right? And there's going to be parts that uh-huh. maybe, you know, some people are better writers. I don't know. I, you know, I get depressed. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so where do you, where do you, where do you see yourself going with all of this, um, do you want to continue writing uh, these kind of subjects and uh, Um, go further?
1: Yeah, I've been, um, I've been um, putting together these anthologies of, um, I've had two of them at least, um, addiction, horror, basically. And and that's based on my own experience and based on, I've worked a lot in substance abuse treatment and in my own personal experience. Um, Garden of Fiends is one and Lullabies for Suffering is another. And, basically i invited other writers to write on the subject um and really people have taken to it because it's such a subject that's ripe for discussion um Mm -hmm. so i I, that's something that interests me and um i've read i have a lot of short stories that that i've published um i i know i do plan to keep on doing it it's exhausting every time you're done of course Mm -hmm. and um and you think you know i can't do this again and then something happens um i'm thinking of um I watched that movie Shirley about um, um, Shirley Jackson, and um, and she she just finished a novel, and she quietly said, you know, this one hurt more than the others, or something to that effect. And you could just feel the you know the emotional exhaustion. So um, right now I'm 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 kind of at that point, but <laughs> give me thirty days from now, and I'll I probably have something else in the works, and yeah, um, it comes what's back. What's that? I'm sorry.
0: It, it comes back.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Just recovery. Does that, do you feel vulnerable putting this stuff out?
1: Um, you know, I, I did at first, but I, I guess, um, um, you know, I I published a a novel and and my family didn't even know for the longest time (laughs) because I didn't want them to know and read it. Um, in fact, they don't know this one's coming out, um, (laughs) close to one, but, um, it's just, it's, it's easier to know when your mom's not going to read your book, but (laughs) they did eventually. Um, a lot of times family members read it and say you know i want to see if i'm in there (laughs) (laughs) um it is you know it's pretty vulnerable and but it's not necessarily first person but it is you know some it's not just um i shouldn't say just but it's not just a fun story it's uh usually some deep matters um had a couple books that were uh, like milk blood and all smoke rises that were um based on a like a 10 or 11 year old girl i got a Addicted to the heroin after her uncle started injecting her and um and and then some supernatural elements happen um and some of it was based on i you know i worked as a social worker and i would i would do some home visits downtown detroit you and, and i would see some of the poverty and um and talk to some folks and and it was actually understated in the book but people are like oh my gosh all the poverty and i'm like well you know it's it's worth <laughs> it yeah Go there. <laughs>
0: Go down, down Detroit, have, have, have at her, boy. Mm -hmm. Um, Now addiction seems to be really important to you. I mean, that's something you, you, you've been through. Um, What do you think the biggest uh, misunderstanding about addiction is in, in, in popular kind of mainstream society? Like, what do you think everyone gets wrong?
1: Um, great question. I think the concept of what it is to crave a substance that, um, what it's like in your, in your body and and your mind and, and and your soul and and how, how deep it is. And, um, you know, to to tell someone in the throes of a craving not to use is, um, this is the intensity of it, um, you know, and especially with when somebody is is freshly out of detox or something, or you know, just freshly sober, um, I don't think that certain folks can understand what goes on in someone's head and and their body at that moment. Um, it's not a, a moral failure at that moment. I I do think that we're responsible to take care of ourselves once we uh, know what we know and 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 to not use. But um, it's not as simple as putting down that potato chip. <laughs>
0: um. well i mean do you think that um there's there's kind of a a, a negative you know it's, there's a connotation to it that it's not uh, that you be you are less than mm-hmm. an, an average person so oh yeah no you know he was an addict who like you know do, it, it, do you feel like that's still there in in society
1: I think it's there but i, I really think it's lessening and in some ways um I think the opiate um crisis has since it's caught up so many families I think it has um it has started to change some things and um I do think it's there's more understanding and empathy um because of so many people uh, you know have died from it um I think of one of my most favorite addiction stories um beautiful boy um um, um, is it David Chef? I think Nick Chef's his son, um, who wrote about um, you know some of the challenges families face and and kids face, um, you know, young addicts. So I do think there's there's a lot of changing perceptions over over addiction right now.
0: What do you think? Uh, um, what advice would you give to someone if they had a uh, a family member or a friend that was having an addiction problem to a substance? What what do you think the Really, the the best piece of advice is there.
1: Wow. Um, well, I think um, that it's not a matter of how much that person loves you that's going to get them clean. Meaning, although it may help, um, but um, you know, your your husband, your son, your whoever it might be is not using because they don't love you. Kind of thing. It's it's um, that will help get them clean. Having that. But it's not um to not personalize that. Um it goes back to the intensity of a craving, I think. Um, because that goes out the door when you're in the middle of a of a uh addiction craving.
0: Hey, so so when things like um like I look at this last year and all of the controversy and all the upset, upheaval going on, um Does that darkness get into your writing as well? (laughs) Um, I don't necessarily.
1: hmm. Well, you know, you might not write it
0: direct. You're not going to incorporate, let's say, a COVID or a a nutball president. You're going to incorporate necessarily (laughs) something. But what I'm saying is when that's going on around you, um, because for myself, it causes a lot of different effects, in yeah. My writing and even radio, like things I'm doing, it, it has an impact. I was just wondering uh, I ask a lot of writers this what, how do you feel it's impacted your writing?
1: Yeah, and, and uh, you know, instead of doom scrolling, because it's, it's <laughs> I somewhere, I know I'm <laughs> doom pulling, but have you seen the quality of the doom lately? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, I don't know if I, I don't have to think, about that. I almost might do the opposite because, you know, it it almost like, maybe I'm like, I need a relief from it. Um, But on the other hand, I'm like, well, of course I write horror. How can you write right now and not write horror?
0: Um, Well, no, I hear both. I mean, uh, different writers say either they seem to be, oh, I I go completely opposite because I want to get out of this world. So I complete a, a fantasy and get into it. Or either they, they, Totally get depressed, and it totally influences their writing. It seems to be one or the other.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think that I always find something that, that <laughs> usually darkens my situation. Even though you know, I like I, like I said. I'm, I mean, when I go about my day, I have I have plenty of 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 joy in my and and jokes and and this um, tone doesn't necessarily um, hit me twenty four hours. Or when it comes out. I think it always comes out to kind of the level of the of the doom <laughs> in the country right now. Mm-hmm. Although there is some redemption at the end of my works, you know. I I think um um you know, there there's there's usually some sense of redemption or open endedness where the story's not complete and there's a chance for redemption. Um
0: well, and I know, I know for myself. Like you know, we deal with a lot of shows, and and writers that are writing dark subjects. You know, whether mm-hmm. it's true crime, murder, serial killers, or, or the horror writing and things like that. And I know for myself, I like to make jokes and make, and it's kind of a comic relief. And and I think even Mike's that way. And there's different people I work with that are, are that way. And and sometimes that's. Uh, do you find yourself doing that?
1: Yeah, I think. Um... Well, back to what you were said. I looked at some of your works, and see that would scare me more than <laughs> fiction. I I can't handle. Um, and I'm not answering your question, but I, I can't handle true crime very much. Like I don't like watching true crime. I don't like hearing about um, true documentaries and like on Netflix that are true. That is what I'm. I'm more scared of than I am of uh, of a horror story that is kind of. a the internal landscape put in a metaphor of a, of a monster of some sort, but to hear of something that's actually happening, that is a lot harder for me to deal with. So I avoid the reality in that sense.
0: I've heard that people have said that to me before. Yeah. That's not, that's not you're not the first and, <laughs> and I feel that way myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's complete <laughs> times where I'm just not in the mood. There's just, uh-huh. I'm just, I'm over it and I can go months without, uh, being involved in it, and I'm fine with it. But, um, um, yeah, it's, it's an unusual category. And I keep telling myself this is the last crime book I'll ever write. <laughs> okay, yeah, because crime will be over, right? Well, no, I just figure oh, that's it. I've had enough. <laughs> you to get out of you know, it, yeah. Let's yeah. get into something else. Let's try writing whatever, you know. Like, and think about...
1: heroes, right, or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: and it just never happens. Uh-huh. Um, I think you kind of get caught into – I don't know. Maybe you just do what you do, and and it's just um, I'm not
1: you sure. I was looking at your back bio- I was curious. Are you writing to music with your music background? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask what kind, but
0: no, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, music's been a big part of my life, but I certainly yeah. it doesn't get involved in my writing other than I have it around me a lot, so it creates a mood, but uh huh. No, nothing like that. Okay. I, I'm kind of insane, so it's it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to figure out what I'm doing. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, that's true. You see, that's and the editor keeps telling me, "Don't be so passive," because I always <laughs> use say when I when I want to say something, I always do like, "It seems to be" or "Kind of" or yeah. and it's like, no get rid of that word it, yeah, you it just is
1: how it is yep yeah
0: so <laughs> I, I, that's my latest i'm facing it, it. in pain in other words yeah you know <laughs> they're, they're they're calling me a pussy is what they're doing <laughs> <laughs> but you know so where, where, what do you like uh so i always like asking this of horror horror people um I totally love the old horrors. The, some of the originals, like uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, and even, whether it's movies or books, and I've been listening to some of them, and I think they're so well done, as compared to modern day. Modern day ones have a lot more. Um, I don't know. It, 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 there's just so much. It's, there's more graphics, um, but less story. Uh, wh- mm-hmm. wh- what do you like better? Like, what what do you think is is? Uh, what um,
1: yeah, I mean, I grew up on a lot of the classics in, in terms of, you know, the Christopher Lee and the um, the House on Haunted Hill and, and, and watching in Detroit with Sir Graves Gasoline. And um, um, I mean, some some recent movies that I, Hereditary just blew me away and, and still does um, things like that or The Relic where there's, um, you know, I think what better way to tell um, a story of grief or of, of cold family dynamics and through a work of horror Um I think those were done really well. Um, The Lodge is another one that was done recently. Um one not very well known one is um well maybe well known, Sea Fever. It's um it's a more independent one, but it's really it's um it was one of those written about the pandemic before the pandemic. Like Paul Tremblay's Survivor song. Um <laughs> But it's an example, of, I think, of how some, story, some stories to tell, if you use horror, they're, they're just told in a more powerful way than other ways. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of things that people sometimes feel love a movie, and I'm just like, you know, I just I can't get into that, but I'm not going not to hate that. So.
0: Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's just that, it's yeah. some, you know, you can, you, can, you can watch and read all that stuff, but I'm just wondering if something yeah. sticks with you. You know, that something you'd watch again, or you you'd read more than once, and uh, kind of in that area is what I was kind of aiming at.
1: Okay, yeah, the the, um, the haunting of Hill House um, mm-hmm. and a uh, Netflix that um, with with Luke's story and everybody's story, and I thought that was amazing. Um, Marianne was really good, and that was a was it a French translation? Um, yeah, it's easy to get wrapped up into – you know, binge watching things and, and not spending time with the family mm-hmm. or everything else. But
0: you know, I caught something really um, interesting to me um, when you say um, uh, tell. Uh, you know, there's no better way to tell about family dynamics than through horror. H- how do you mean that? Explain that to someone. That's.
1: Explain <laughs> that that's, to your mom who's listening.
0: <laughs> yeah, explain that to your family. No. You know, I was thinking more more for me, because I'm trying to figure out, so, so it's really not so much about the horror or the events as it is about the dynamics of the family that comes out horrific. Like, I, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to play with that in my mind and understand it.
1: I mean, I think that's where all our, all our wounds come from. But I also think that's where we rely on to, for everything as well. So, um, you know, it really shapes who we are. It's that first kind of psychological imprint. And, um, and, uh, so when we, you know, we're, we're, um, hurt or we're, you know, seeking something, it's, it's, that's kind of our, our backbone and maybe that, maybe that's just me, but I think that is, um, and obviously, you know, I'm thinking of like, you know, movies like ordinary people or, um, that, you know, share what happens in a family or the marriage story is an example, um, a more, um, recent example, um, you know, where, where the horror is, is not made into a genre, but it's still there. You know, the, the horror of, of being distanced from those you love or being hurt and, and the coldness. I think in that sense, horror can just be kind of magical realism where it just takes it and exaggerates it to the point of, uh, you know, supernatural or monstrous. And um, things we battle every day anyway, but uh, I kind of give it a face.
0: So when you say you have redemption too, like, so, so um, when I read one of your books, I'm going to c- turn out at the end of it, I'm going to be happy.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> you won't be totally like, oh my gosh, hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to slip
0: my wrists and go in the bathtub.
1: Didn't, didn't Jack Ketchum say this book will hurt you? About- <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, he, uh, yeah, that, that quote um, that I, I um, he gave me after reading *El Smoke Rises he said um, Mark Matthews is a wonderful writer and make no mistake he will hurt you uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah that was uh, I met him at um, one of the horror writers conferences and um, and every so many writers will tell you what a great influence he was because he knew how great he could write but um, he just was such a mentor to people and, and here's the other thing I should add is that I have a hard time when most horror writers I meet are wonderful people and if I find out they're not, then I have a hard time reading their books. Like, I need to know that this isn't <laughs> how you want the world to be, what you're writing, that you're actually, a, you know, a cheerful, happy person. And and my take is that a lot of writers are just kind of fragile to being hurt. So they put it on the page versus they want to hurt people. <laughs> well, <laughs> makes I, sense. But
0: I think that's sort of the sign of the times as well. You know, yeah. there seems to be this real um, – I don't know if it's part of that cancel culture, they call it, you know, where it's the idea of, you know, you find out someone's really awful, and so it's hard for you to read their books or watch their movies or whatever, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've I've come across that. I've interviewed people that have been absolute horrible people that (laughs) I thought were really good when I've seen them on TV, and I I was a fan, you know? You know, my nipples were hard. And, And then... And then you talk to them, and it's like, holy, this has got to be the worst person in the world.
1: Or, yeah, you find out somebody played, like, say, an actor played a character, or, like, you know, a villain, and then you're like, wow, that was amazing. But if they're like that in real life, then suddenly it's a little less appealing. Yeah. It's um, like, who? You know, when, when he plays a crazy person, it's cute until he, you see that's what he's doing in <laughs> real life.
0: Until they're in your basement, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're in your gutter, you know, sugarcool, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just I, I just think that, um, but I think that's sort of the, the sign of the times right now. People, because um, I, I find myself doing it without thinking about it. Just it just automatically happens, mm-hmm. and and it becomes hard for you because you you get the image of who they are in your mind, and it's it's I don't know I, it, that's uh, something I've been dealing with as well. I I've got a lot of problems, you know.
1: <laughs> well. That's why we're here, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of hours to work out. I have a lot of... I'm, Perfect. You know, this is not an easy job. I a, Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so I, I, so when at the end of the day, um, what, what does your book give you when you write a book? What, is it, what, what do you think it gives you at the end of the day?
1: Well, i think it's a it's kind of a reflection of how I see the world and 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 stories of 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 real people uh, things that people really experience um and hopefully someone you know reads it and gets the message and and kind of learns the truth about themselves or you know the world that they live in by learning about somebody else and you know learning about yourself Uh, um and and you know beyond that a creative expression um i think uh I'm 50 now. So I need something to say, you know, instead of getting a Corvette, I, you know, I write these things out. So, um, yeah. You know,
0: so you're saying I'm the hobgoblin. <laughs>
1: the hobgoblin is foolish consistency. It's where you do things the same way over just because it's how they've always been done. But, uh, and in the book though, the doctor manipulates that to make excuses for, um, doing some pretty awful things yet she's a sympathetic character so
0: wow so do you so you think the, that the um it, it, do you have a villain in your book then
1: um in this one there is kind of like there is a, a bad guy so to speak but um who as in many villains he's the hero of her own story meaning you know she sees herself as as being heroic and you can understand some of the choices she's making based on what she's been through um that said there is a couple of books where you know there's there's this you know there's some pretty rotten people <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i mentioned milk Bud, the uncle who you know shoots up a um niece of his who's 11 years old and you know um and I, and I play that out in a way that you can see it happening and, and does happen or um on'm the lips of children it's um it's about the um a, a couple stuck in a in a drug tunnel and then they kidnap people and um and, there, and there's a couple of people in there that are definitely villainous so
0: hm so now for a person that's um new to your books, which one would you want them to read
1: um you know let me um I think that my newest one is probably the um, the best written, as um, the person, um, Julie Hutchings, give her a shout out, has edited a lot of my works. Um, she seems, seems to feel it's the best work, so let me go with that. Um, but I think really starting anywhere, you know, with um, um, All Smoke Rises is a sequel to, to Milk Blood, so you probably start with Milk Blood first, but
0: well do you do do you like to uh do you ever look back at your writing like the very first book you've written um now and kind of go oh, I wish I could redo that
1: yeah definitely um you know i I'll, I'll read a sentence i'm like you know this sentence could have been rewritten this way um but uh and I, and and I'm sure that I will think the same thing about the book I just wrote you know five years from now <laughs> um but you know they say what well, a book is never finished and you don't want the uh perfect to be an enemy of the good, or is that the other way around? <laughs> yeah, like, well, the
0: There's a total progression, right? I mean, we can, mm-hmm. as we go further, we, we learn and get better and, you know, that's sort of how it goes. Um
1: more confident. I think that I just put stuff out there that maybe you, you weren't be, you know, is it um, never being afraid to go there um, kind of mentality. I think that it's easier to do if you have a couple of books under your belt.
0: Do you think the story is more important than the actual wording?
1: Um, I think the prose could um, get in the way of the story. Um, but if you don't notice the prose, that's a good thing sometimes, because then you're just telling the story. <laughs> I mean, not to be too flowery, but um, yeah, I think the story, I think the characters, I think we need, you know, a, a good premise, but what's the character doing? I mean, Hunger Games, I'm thinking we think of Katniss, right? We don't think of, you Know this, um, dystopia, it's more what Katniss went through, so
0: yeah. Uh, so, you now, do you have a website or do you have a place that you want people to come stalk you?
1: Um, it's a wickedrunpress.com if you want to look. Um, and that's, um, I published some of my own books, I've published some anthologies with other writers, um, I've had some with, with um, other publishers as well, but Wicked Run Press. And I'm happy to contact people. You know, I can return emails usually pretty quick. And um, so, yeah, check that out. Or I'm on Twitter raging about something or other. Often I'm on Instagram.
0: <laughs> oh, you're one of those.
1: Yeah, you know, yep. <laughs> <laughs> once in a while I, should, I mix them up. Yep. <laughs> oh, just get in there
0: and start fighting with people. That's yeah.
1: In fact, I think I told the story about you know I'm going to be on 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 this radio show, but um, I don't really like my voice and. <laughs> oh please. I, I told the story of how even when i um proposed to my wife i I did it by writing, I wrote like one chapter at a time and one page one chapter and and gave it to her like every day on a vacation in in Colorado and um I didn't even want to you know speak that <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, your voice is fine, all right, it's just fine if it was bad, I wouldn't run it, so no it's. <laughs> Things, things, are <laughs> delete
1: this whole thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, just bye. Um, well, it's been a, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we're going to have your book up on our website as well,
1: oh. and
0: we'll connect your website as well. Yeah, alright uh, Okay. Our guest has been Mark Matthews. Thank you
1: for being great here. Great Alan. Mike, have a great day. Thanks, Mark.